0: Aloha and welcome to Connection to the Cosmos with your host me, Dr. Lisa Thompson, where I have out of this world conversations with extraordinary people. And today I have on Jenna Faye Madden, looking forward to the conversation with her, the first just a couple of announcements. First, if you haven't grabbed the free 20-minute meditative journey to meet your galactic family and guides, make sure you grab that on my website, mysticmanta.com or drlisajthompson.com. And if you're coming to Hawaii, specifically to the Big Island, Kona side, come see me on one of my Big Island UFO tours where you'll get to see the night sky in a whole new way using the advanced Generation 3 military night vision goggles. So without further ado, I'm going to bring Jenna on. Hello, Jenna. (laughs)
1: Hi, I'm so excited to be here. And wow, just listening to your tour, I'm like, that is epic. (laughs)
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, let me share with our audience who you are and why I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. So, Jennifer Madden is a Soul Evolution Guide, New Earth Architect, and a seven-figure leadership and business mentor for conscious female entrepreneurs. As the CEO of Soul Meet Strategy, she guides feminine leaders to ascend onto their highest timeline embody their full magic and to scale scale their soul business sustainably. Jenna is a podcaster, best-selling author, international speaker, and community cultivator, known for her impactful brand and movement for conscious women around the world. With unwavering dedication, she pioneers the path of new earth embodiment, inspiring women to create abundance and reach unprecedented levels of self-liberation, soul expression, and success. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so, um, before we get into all of that, because that there's so much to talk about there, um, I would love for you to share with me and the audience kind of your background, like how'd you grow up? Spiritual, religious, something else? Because I'd love to know the transition of how you got into this work.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, because I was not raised in a spiritual or religious household. My mom had never really had a spiritual identity and my dad was always a hardcore atheist so there just wasn't really a lot of spiritual activation support in my household growing up and it was interesting because I think like so many kids were pretty spiritually activated as little ones but there wasn't really a lot of nurturing of that for me so it kind of took an interesting kind of turn I would say because it actually for me turned into a lot of paranoia because I didn't know how to make sense of so much I was seeing and experiencing, and my mom wasn't trying to gaslight me, but also had no idea about this kind of stuff, so frequently was like, maybe you're bipolar, maybe you're schizophrenic, maybe something's wrong with you, Um, and for me, I mean, it had gotten to the point where I, like, couldn't sleep home alone, hated showering home alone, I was really in a deep fear state at that time, because I couldn't make sense of a lot of things, and it wasn't until a lot of therapy and my own spiritual awakening that I started to come kind of back into, you know, the path that I'm on now that I feel like there was a 25 year gap (laughs) there from childhood to now. So it really was my own awakening path that honestly started with my health journey. I was in a really toxic, abusive relationship. I was living a totally different timeline and working at a corporate job, stepmom, 70 pounds overweight, et cetera, et cetera. And Kind of took my health into my own hands and had a big transformation there, which kind of led to personal development, which led to leadership, which led to spiritual awakening, which led to business. So it was kind of this ripple effect that started really with with my health. Okay. Wow.
0: Yeah. Journey. Um. So, what kinds of things were you experiencing in your childhood? Like, were you seeing dead people, or what? Like, what? <laughs> what's it
1: made you think you were schizophrenic, or maybe bipolar? Yeah. The, the main thing was definitely seeing spirit and seeing um, the big one for me, I think was seeing honestly a lot of my spirit guides, one specific memory that stands out as I was blow drying my hair. And that was a huge fear trigger for me as well. I hated anything sensory, like showering blow drying my hair if I was alone, because I felt like I wouldn't hear if somebody or something was in my house. So I didn't like that sensation. And then my worst fear kind of came true because then all of a sudden there was a man in my mirror looking at me confused, like, Oh, you can see me. I can see you. And I remember screaming and I just had no like real sense of like what that really meant. And then that was, that was more in my early teenage years, but going back to when I was really little, even then too, I was seeing a lot of things I remember and making like little beanie baby forts around myself. Cause I had such a fear energetic cause I had no sense of really what these things were or are. And then, I mean, now I, I see a lot of things, but back then it was it was more kind of fleeting and occasional. And I feel like there's probably a lot I've honestly blocked out and can't remember from that time as well. I, I don't know if others you talk to have this, but I definitely feel like I've blocked out a lot of my childhood. So I have these little fleeting memories, but my inkling is that there was a lot more than what I can actually remember in terms of things I saw there was also a lot of experiences of like doors slamming things, moving position. And again, like me not really knowing what to make of that at the time. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. Well, so how, um, how did you start working through all of that fear? Was it in therapy or was it on that more spiritual path?
1: I would honestly say both. I, I went to a lot of different therapists, most of it with, mediocre support and results but I had luckily found a real gem of a therapist who honestly I feel was more of a spiritual mentor and a cloak as as a therapist. So she was taking me on hypnotherapy journeys. She was supporting me through a lot of things and really supportive of the more galactic spiritual side of things. So I feel she really helped me open the gateway. She helped me to integrate, to not feel so crazy and from there I... Feel it was just this opening where I just started to see things. I remember going out camping a lot, and all of a sudden, I was never looking up at the sky before that and really paying attention to all of a sudden. Now I would be spending nights camping, going, Let's alien watch (laughs) for the night, and you know, starting to find people who were like minded. Where over time, I feel like there was this shift where I realized I wasn't necessarily crazy and I started to manifest more people who were also on the same kind of frequency who, whether they were on the same page or if they were actually kind of activators for me. And I was learning things and being exposed to things I never really considered. So then I was watching documentaries and going down all the rabbit holes as well from there.
0: Okay. Well, I would love for you to share more about, we'll, we'll stick on that path for a moment. Yeah. Then, we'll, then we'll shift to some of the other things. So I get, Like, what kinds of things were you getting to experience in that kind of galactic realm and when you were stargazing, alien watching?
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, once I started to actually look up, I mean, during the daytime, I started to see the chemtrails and things. During the nighttime, I started to see a lot more of the galactic side of things where, I mean, it only just takes our eyes, I feel like, to actually look at these things to go, huh, that is definitely not a satellite. That is definitely not an airplane. That is definitely the speed, the course in which these things are going to me is very obviously extraterrestrial. But then I also started to have more experiences nights occasionally where I actually woke up one night. This was maybe five years ago, a little earlier on my spiritual journey, but waking up being surrounded by gray aliens in my room. And I just started to have more and more experiences like that, which to me made it undeniable. That there's obviously more than what we've been told in our society
0: yeah well so with the with the greys when mm-hmm. you know, there are a lot of people that if they wake up and see something like that they immediately have a fear response even though it's not necessarily like a scary experience so when you were experiencing that did you still have fear or were you like oh hi
1: <laughs> With that situation, I did have fear. It was, it really startled me and I woke up and I happened to not be sleeping in the same room as my husband that night. I had been tossing and turning and I was like, I'm going to go stay in this other room and we were at an Airbnb and when I woke up, it was so unexpected and kind of startling for me. I remember I didn't make any noise, but I literally just sat up and thought, I need to leave this room and I went and woke my husband up. So that one was more of a fear response. But outside of more of the alien side of things, I mean, I've had a lot of experiences of seeing other types of creatures and elementals. I've seen elves and fairies quite a few times, and that didn't create a fear response for me. I've once seen an ogre in the forest. So there was other experiences where over time I mean now if I woke up with grays I'd probably be more just curious I'd want to know you know why are they there and what's up because it didn't necessarily feel nefarious I wouldn't say it was benevolent but it didn't necessarily feel nefarious it felt more kind of like a neutral curiosity of observation when I think back to the energetic of that specific time
0: okay well and I love that you said that because you know depending on which specific gray race it was I mean it's the Zetas, you know, they really are unemotional, so they're very neutral. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very neutral. Yeah. And um, okay, well, so when you saw elves and fairies and the ogre, um, were you in an elevated state of consciousness in terms of like what, what was the scenario where you were able to see those
1: things? Yeah. It's always happened to me in the forest. I'm here in the rainforest in North America, in British Columbia. So like lots of cedar trees and it feels like very magical and I'm not necessarily out looking. I has been a big thing too. I'm not out there like hoping to see an elemental. It's always happened at kind of random times. Like when I think of the elf, I actually heard it before I saw it and I heard it it was like sharing this like elf song with me where I stopped and I thought that's interesting because we were in the way deep in the backwoods my husband and I and he couldn't hear it even though he's quite tapped into things and I was like no no I'm like that sounds off and then I look I'm like there's an elf in that tree and then he literally shared this little song so I hummed it to my husband and then he kind of jumped off and off he went and my husband saw the tree move but he didn't see the elf at the time so I feel like it was you know obviously kind of like on the cusp I feel like of different dimensional frequencies mm-hmm. where I just happened to be attuned to it in that moment and I feel like open and
0: receptive yeah what did just curious what did the elf look like
1: yeah I mean I'm trying to I'm trying to fully remember because it's one of those things that's like you don't forget but it happens so fast I mean he was definitely pretty small but not miniature and he was up in the tree you know i want to say like the size of a gnome or something and he had clothes on like a little elf outfit as cliche as that sounds he had a little hat on and he just i just remember he had very elf-like features even though i just got like a glimpse of them like lighter skin tone but like pointy little no like very dainty kind of features but to me definitely gave the energy of an elf not something like a fairy in terms of how we move, like small and dainty, but more like bipedal, moving around, like not necessarily like fluttering around per se. Okay. Well, and you're the first one that I've had on that actually yeah. has
0: the elf experience. <laughs> so that's why I, I'm the audience is they're probably going to want me to ask you these questions. Totally. <laughs> what did it look like? Well, and um, so you're the fairies. Tell me about what what they looked like or what the energy of that was.
1: Yeah, so similar kind of thing, just out in the forest. It was actually near these really magical hot springs. And I've been there with other awakened people, very conscious people before. And we've always kind of said it feels like there's a fairy-like energy in that specific area. And, yeah, one day I was there. Everyone else was already down at the water, at the hot springs. There's a a river in these hot springs. And I was out, and it wasn't maple trees, but it, it was the same Kind of energy like where you could connect with like the tree blood like there was a lot of sap coming out of these specific trees but it had even though it wasn't winter it had like crystallized in a really weird formation so i was quite intrigued and there was all these ferns and things going on and it felt like i just stepped into a totally another dimension where it felt like i was there for hours it was probably three minutes and yeah i mean these were very small but obvious fairies that i was seeing where They were truly, you know, bigger than butterflies, but small, whatever they were, fairy type creatures that were kind of just like fluttering and playing around where it had like a Tinkerbell kind of energy. And there must have been like 20 of them. And they were all in this cedar grove where I was just standing, watching, and, you know, and and for context for all of these experiences I've had, which, you know, it's not like I'm seeing them every day. This has been spread out over. Years Like, never was I on mushrooms or anything when this happened. I was completely sober, but kind of felt like I was in some other sort of um, state, you know, actually just watching them. Like, is this real? But it was long enough to, like, see and hear and observe them. Okay. So, and then now I have to ask about the ogre.
0: because. Yeah. People are like, what? Ogres really exist? Yeah, all these things really do exist.
1: <laughs> I also had Sasquatch kind of experiences. Not fully seeing, um, but more of like sensing like a lot of deep Sasquatch energy where we are. And I definitely believe in Sasquatch. But I also feel... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask you about Squatch too next. Because I'm
0: I'm originally from Olympia, Washington. And so, okay, yeah. cool. So, yeah. Lots of squatch energy, yeah.
1: Yeah, I definitely feel in this area there's a lot of Sasquatch energy. I really feel like they're very multidimensional, and so I feel like they're quite abundant, but they're very elusive, I feel. So they're watching and curious. This is my interpretation, but I also feel like they're very good at like shielding and, and hiding themselves to not necessarily be seen, which is probably why there's always such shit footage that people can't really capture. But I definitely had multiple times where I just feel, feel like this strong Sasquatch-I'm-being-watched kind of energy where wasn't necessarily in fear, but I could just really feel it strong. And then I'll watch and there'll be like a huge like tree, just a few trees into the forest, like crunch and then move and like something so big where I'm like, I don't think a bear just, just did that. Um, so I've had those moments, but the ogre was actually on our old property where we had, again, Cedar Grove kind of vibes. And I was walking with my dog out there. My dog actually saw it first. And at first I thought it was a bear. So I kind of stopped and was assessing the situation. And I kid you not, it was a very Shrek-like experience where not that far, but not that close. But close enough, you know, we're, we're talking several trees away, but very obviously in front of me was a Shrek-like creature, you know, very tall, probably seven plus feet that stepped out from behind a tree, was kind of greenish in the tint. It, it felt neutral, like it didn't feel um, like super nefarious, more of like a curious, like, oh, you can see me right now, kind of curiosity of just observing, but my dog was losing it. And I had my dog on a leash, so we just kind of started to back up. And the ogre watched us back up all the way until I couldn't see anymore, until we eventually were closer to the house and turned around. So that was kind of interesting Okay. yeah. Completely, and I mean, yeah, I
0: guess I would not have ever thought that it would look something like Shrek.
1: Yeah, like Shrek-ish, like not quite the exact, but definitely kind of like large head, kind of like an olive green skin tone, really large was was wearing some level of like clothing not like dressed to the nines like a human but like they had some fabric on okay. and it seemed masculine in nature okay well, yeah
0: <laughs> so these experiences and being able to see into these other dimensional realities what has that done for you in your
1: life mm. it's a really good question i I feel like a lot, to be honest, because to me, it's direct evidence of the multidimensional and of us that there's so much more than what we can see and what we've been told and what we've been taught, which has given me, honestly, a lot of strength in a way like it's completely moved, generally speaking, out of fear of these things. And it actually really makes me feel really supported. It makes me feel a lot more in belief that there really is a big shift and Great Awakening happening on this planet. And it makes me feel that there are a lot of other species, so to speak, that are here and are literally in and out of the earth realm, but are also watching on like a more galactic level. And I, I feel that there's a lot of kind of cosmic laws and galactic kind of rules at play in terms of letting humans play out their experience. But there's also a lot of, I feel like support at the same time that's here, even even if it's not, you know, direct manipulation. I, I feel very supported at the same time. And and it also feels kind of, I don't know, like, less daunting to take this human experience, like, so seriously sometimes. Okay. Well, and I totally agree with you on that. <laughs>
0: um, yes, I feel extremely supported. And I just, I mean, and I, this is why I like having conversations like this, um, because I one of my missions is to really change the fear-based narrative and also to, you know, people are not crazy when they believe in things like fairies and elves and dragons. And, you know, these are real beings. Right. And so just normalizing, right. Being able to see into other worlds.
1: Yeah. And I mean, there's so much, it's like if we're willing to just be open and we don't have to search, but we're just open I feel Mm -hmm. like the evidence, it's like you don't even have to go very far. I mean, I've had dolphin-like, more like galactic dolphin experiences on the lake that we live in. There's definitely dragon energy out here. And we have a friend that randomly inherited a huge mining claim up here. And there's been all this like dragon egg energy stuff going on there. Like there's so many things that I feel like it's undeniable. Yeah. Well,
0: so, okay. So now let's talk about... um, how you work with people with this whole like soul evolution and what, what does it mean to um, be a new earth architect? Yeah, I love
1: it. I love this. Well, I should, because it's what I do. Yeah. Um, yeah, Well, I I really feel that my, my work, which is equally like leadership business kind of stuff of, of helping conscious entrepreneurs grow in like the 3d, Kind of realm into a 5D business, but also a lot of it really is spiritual development. Because something I found is many of us have had these awakenings, but we haven't necessarily really had the support to integrate a lot Mm -hmm. of the things. And many people feel alone. And I feel, at least in my experience, so many of us are still deeply in fear states. And I know for me, when um, the world really started to change even though it was I mean really building up to it before that but you know that 2020 kind of timeline where things shifted I was like I'm ready for this like earth warrior like let's wake people up like yell on the internet you know like totally just I'm ready for it let's go and and I realized that that wasn't really my role not to say that um you know we all have different roles but I realized that was burning me out and really wasn't that effective and wasn't my best way to support people and and I'm a lot better and I think more gifted and skilled at helping those who have already been walking this awakening path on on how do you actually integrate that and how do you actually hold it because I feel so many of us know and we can just feel it in our heart that this new earth reality like this 5D heaven on earth like everything's going to be okay things are shifting for the better not worse right now kind of energy that many of us can feel. A lot of us are still getting really caught in kind of the matrix transition of what's going on, where it's kind of looking worse before it gets better sometimes. And I feel like that's where I guess my work really has come in over these years is helping leaders to navigate through that and really be able to like hold it, even if their family doesn't get it at all, even if they don't have any friends in their physical reality who see the galactic things that they're seeing or who don't understand their business and how they can literally architect a new life for themselves, you know, a timeline for them that is in alignment with their soul. I feel is, is where things have kind of evolved to into my world. Okay. Well, so I, I love this line
0: of conversation because this is one of the things that my Arcturians are constantly sharing with me, but also with my people, which is, you know, which timeline do you want to be a part of? Because all timelines are existing, right? Mm -hmm. So I would love for you to go into a little more depth of how you work, like what this means.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You know, in my my perception, like you said, there's so many timelines available, more than we can probably comprehend as Mm -hmm. humans. And I feel like we have dominant timelines. So I feel like there's like a collective dominant timeline that a lot of us are kind of seeing in terms of the mainstream, but then there's these more alternative, like new earth kind of timelines that I feel like can become and will become the more dominant experience for, you know, the the general, like the greater population on earth. And right now we just haven't necessarily, I think we have shifted on that timeline, but there's also kind of like a lag effect that I feel like can happen. So even if we've moved on to that frequency, people's like linear experience it's not always instantaneous i think it can be but i also think it isn't always so in my perception we have also our individual timelines that we get to choose from which helps create co-create these more dominant ones as well and so this is where i feel like our own sovereign choices and discernment and awakening really comes into play because let's say even if the dominant timeline is a more like new earth reality i mean people can still choose their own adventure and they can stay on a less dominant timeline of like an apocalyptic kind of reality and that might be their whole experience not to mention i think we're still gonna see a lot of souls leaving the earth i don't know about you but i've been seeing and hearing like a lot of death um right now as well and i I think it's like only just popping off not that i'm you know, trying to project that everyone's going to die or anything. But I do think that there's a lot of souls that aren't necessarily in in their higher expression, like desiring to be here for this Mm -hmm. next transition. I feel like a lot of them feel complete and they're kind of tapping out. Maybe they're coming back, but I do feel like we're going to see a continuation of, of change in that regard on this planet too, including, I think a lot of babies coming in that are already having this like super galactic upgraded DNA as they come in as well. Right. Well, and I
0: mean, I think COVID was the like mass yeah way for people to exit. Right. It gave people an out who wanted the out. And um, you know, I yeah, I'm seeing it as well. And and it's it's interesting. So I guess for people who maybe are new to this new Earth concept, because some people are very much in the matrix, right there. And even the people listening or watching, some of them are like okay, what is she talking about? What are they talking about? So explain from your perspective what what this 5D New Earth reality looks like.
1: Yeah, yeah. I feel like the best way to explain it is to give the the contrast between like 3D, 4D, and 5D. Because I know these are terms that get thrown around a lot. And I mean, the first thing I want to give context in is in my perception, it's not like there's only these three dimensions. It's like there is many more dimensions, but I feel like 3D, 4D, 5D are basically like the core frequencies that are dominant here on Earth. And the 5D is going to become the more dominant energetic. And up until recently, the 3D has been really like the core one on our planet, which to me is an energy of suffering. It's an energy of control. And so both in terms of like everyone on this planet more or less but also like ancestrally in terms of lineage there's just been such deep programming from religion i think a lot of it too isn't just from humans i think there's also been other things weaved in here as well but i I feel like there's been this general energy of control and basically siphoning of human energy that has basically led to this matrix society that exists around our world right now where it's based on time for energy, money exchange for people to, like, just go up, don't do something you're loving, put your hours in, and basically just work really, really hard until you die. And I feel like people are kind of seeing beyond the veil of that right now, that they actually don't want to feel... much pain in their body and they do want more freedom and you know we're seeing like covid sparked people wanting to like have a job that they like and they want to work from home and all these like microcosms to me which is representing that the 3d isn't as in much resonance for many of us anymore which moves into more of the 4d which i feel like is this interesting in between that a lot of us are kind of toggling in between because it's not like you just get to one frequency now you're upgraded and like now you never or 3d again it's like i feel like we're all like moving through different stages and layers of this and so someone could have like a really 5d moment and then the rest of their day is like very 4d in terms of the frequency that they're operating at but to me 4d is like the red pill energy where it's like you see beyond the veil once you see you can't unsee it's that energy for a lot of us that we've gone through on awakening where it's like holy crap everything i thought was true is a lie. <laughs> and, you know, people can still feel really alone here. People can still have like hardship and stuff, I feel like in the 4D, but it's this in-between energy where we can see things, but we're still navigating a lot of this 3D world in linear time. So that leads us to the 5D. And to me, this is where we can move into, it's, it's more of an internal thing than anything, but more of a state of loving neutrality, of being that observer where we can see that, we can hold it, we can really upgrade our own vibration and frequency to that of love and trust and peacefulness. And I feel like when I think of the new earth, just to kind of try to wrap this up with a bow, I feel like the new earth is based in a 5D energetic principle where people are really going to be coming back into simplicity, and where it's built around community, it's not built around the more 3D material Stuff. It's not built around suffering. It's around actual joy, community, thriving, abundance on the earth. And so to me, the, the term new earth we could use as like heaven on earth, we could use it as 5D living. But to me, it's basically that elevated state of consciousness that the collective dominant timeline is moving towards because of so many individuals that I feel like are star seeds and Light workers and all of us that are really activating and it's rippling out and increasing the frequency of the planet where pe- people are just going to be living differently I feel than we have been in terms of our tangible world around us whether that takes another year or 100 years I'm not totally certain but I do feel more evidence of it every day yeah I um
0: I agree with you. I feel more evidence for myself, but I don't know if that's because I'm in my happy little bubble here in Hawaii. I get it. <laughs> but I'm creating my own kind of 45D reality, you know, and I think that yeah. people do that, right? And come operate in that higher vibrational state, then it helps the collective shift vibration as well. Right.
1: Yeah. I, I so agree. And I feel like the inner work that we're all doing and the things we're doing with our families, the things we're doing in our communities. Like those are just as important as the things that we're doing online, which also can be really important. But yeah, it's, it's not about like bypassing, but I also feel like it's about not giving our power away where I I feel like I stay somewhat aware of what's going on. And, you know, me personally, like I seem to come and go from Canada because it's just not really in resonance in many ways right now. But At the same time, I can see my own evolution into more of a 5D state from where it was, where when COVID started, five days later, i had sold everything, rehomed my pets and moved to Nicaragua. And it was like this total trauma response of fear of like running away. And now, um, as I prepare to head to Mexico and leave Canada again, and since then, I've left and come many different times during that kind of crazy actually but now is more of the energy of like running towards where it's more about oh it feels a lot lighter over there I'm not running away from Canada I'm not even selling my stuff but right now it does still feel really dense and I've been in this lovely little bubble since I've been back for the last year but at the same time as someone who identifies with being a grid worker whether I want that identity or not it seems to be in resonance Sometimes I feel like I'm called to other lands, whether it's for me to get upgraded or if it's to like work with the land or the community there. And that's been a really big part, I feel like of this whole new earth transition too, is like a lot of us are like holding the line and like the energy, like going deep where we're called to be. And then some of us are kind of shuffling around the earth board, um, which is also, I feel like a big part of this transition too, is like literally working with the earth to help raise frequency. So that's been a big thing too, is, is like not doing it out of fear, but still being flexible during this time as well. Yeah. Um,
0: I love that. And I feel like that's why I got called here to Hawaii because I need like the energy that I'm here to hold. Um, Hawaii needed me to be here. <laughs> so because yes. I had no reason to move. I mean, everything was good in Olympia, right? Yeah.
1: Sometimes it just doesn't make sense, you know, we just get these soul pings, and I mean, when I went the first time out of here, it was definitely more out of fear, and honestly, even before that, before COVID happened and my awakening kind of hit, like, the the big increase that I feel like it went on, it was like, I tried running to Newfoundland, I tried moving to Australia, Bali, New Zealand, but I didn't even really consciously know why, I just felt like, hmm something bad's going to happen and it doesn't feel safe. So I'm going to go look for other places, but I obviously wasn't in the right empowered state because then I kept like getting sent back here. Okay. And then now, you know, I I left to Nicaragua a second time. And then that time was a totally different experience and ended up helping hundreds of other people move there. And then I all of a sudden felt complete. I was like, okay, I feel like I've done my job here, came back here. It's like, I keep getting sent back to this land. And now I'm also feeling kind of complete here again and so it feels that's kind of like the new earth timeline too where I'm like well if I'm not in limitation why would I make myself stay somewhere where I'm not feeling in resonance out of what if things close down or this happens like it's it's always figure outable and I feel very that's like the protection you know being in that 5D state it's not being oblivious to the world around but also following where we're led and, you know, where feels lighter, paying attention to things like the light and solar codes where I'm feeling right now, I, I need a winter of being in the sun versus being in the cloud. <laughs> so just paying attention to that. <laughs> yeah, totally get that. Um, well, So what,
0: what is the draw to Mexico for you? What's your,
1: yeah. It was one of those things, you know, was never really on my radar. I'm someone, I'm definitely a researcher. Um. So, you know, I've definitely looked at in terms of sovereignty and where it makes the most sense. And Mexico has been on the list, but it was never like, I don't know, something I was taking super serious. But this time I just started getting a lot of synchronicities. I feel like that's another like 5D New Earth kind of thing where I'll start getting just really obvious signs. And I know that to some level there can be that kind of cognitive bias where if you start thinking about a red car and now you're going to see red cars everywhere but mexico wasn't even really i wasn't even considering leaving the country and then all of a sudden i get an invite here to mexico and then i drive by a sign that says mexico and then someone messages me asking if i've considered mexico like it just started to like really stack up so i thought hmm like what's what's there for me around this and then i did my research saying realized how easy this was one of the more like tangible kind of 3d things, how easy it is to get residency there. And I'm also preparing to probably start a family soon. And just with what's going on in Canada, I also felt it's good to have options right now. So I felt, you know, maybe from a more tactical standpoint, having residency in another country, disentangling myself a little bit from Canada felt like a more sovereign thing to do. And yeah, I mean, I was, I got my residency approved same day. And then everything from there has just been this kind of, I follow like what feels light. And so since then, things have just kind of presented themselves where, yeah, now, now it's not like a hard plan, but the general plan is to drive there um, in October. And we've got a short list of places. And also because I feel like there is a lot of like new earth community development kind of stuff going there. And my husband and I, for probably five years now, have been doing different initiatives, things to kind of like build community here. And not to say it's impossible or not happening, but it just, we keep getting met with resistance and it doesn't really feel like there's a lot of motion forward and something I've noticed on my path as a visionary person is sometimes that inclination to just have to like make it happen and do it from the grassroots up. And now I'm at this point, I don't know if it's because I'm getting older or what it is, but I think hmm, maybe I don't have to just do it all myself. You know, maybe I can just join something existing. Maybe there's other possibilities. I feel like that's like that 5D energy again of not getting so like rigid and attached to stuff where I just thought, hmm. well, maybe before the community we're supposed to be a part of in Canada takes form, if we're meant to. Mm -hmm. It seems like Mexico is feeling easier. It's feeling lighter. It's more accessible, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, well, you know, on my highest timeline, I'm like, well, of course I own homes in multiple new earth communities. So I'm like, where do I go first? You know, like, where do I go next in order to have the first home that will unlock, you know, the abundance and the alignment for the other places instead of staying in something that feels like resistance, like anything that to me feels like forcing. I'm like, this is not a 5D new earth. I'm willing to put in the grit and the work doesn't mean everything's easy in 5d new earth energy but I also feel like if it's not connecting it's not flowing it's just resistance I feel like hmm is there something lighter that's possible so I guess that in in the medium long-term version of that is is what right now seems to be pointing to Mexico as as something to at least explore but without attachment and more of like I've been saying to people I'm exploring long-term living alignment versus in the past I'm like sell everything Fly there next week, I'm all in. <laughs> and I'm like, now I'm like a little bit more fluid on things than that.
0: <laughs> well, I think no matter where someone is in their journey, just that's great advice um, that you just gave in terms of like really being in the flow and not forcing and following wow. yeah, what, what resonates, what feels light and even fun, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: And yeah. not taking it so serious. And just to me is like, is this a decision that's empowering, or is and is it like moving towards pleasure and excitement, or is it something that's fear-driven? Because I've just been hit over the head so many times, and it can be so sneaky and so subtle. But those decisions that come from that 3D programming around like survival and scarcity, I feel like in this transitional time, they just get amplified, and it just doesn't really work. You know, example being my first thing I did in Nicaragua was like throw money of like my house savings I had down into a development that's now gone nowhere. So my money's been locked up. And like, those are the things where I'm like, well, what energy state was I in when I made that investment? It was a total fear state. And so I've really learned a lot from that, that also on the flip side, when I'm coming from a place of expansion and alignment and discernment, a lot mm. of magical things have happened really fast as well. So I feel like it's like that. It's like the, difference between the two where you know we can make it's not wrong decisions but just decisions that end up in more like density and and they keep that old energetic in our field because we made the decision or action from that place and there's like that law of cause and effect at play during this time for sure yeah
0: so okay let's kind of shift to your business stuff
1: yeah
0: talk about like who your ideal clients are, like how you work with them and um where I mean, so in the 5D, how does money come into play <laughs> there compared to wow. I mean, you know, people want their money. But yeah, so if you can talk about that, I would love to Yeah,
1: I'm so happy to speak about all of this. I mean, from like a business lens, Mostly I work with women, although I certainly have worked with men as well. My, my kind of brand is more woman-centric, mostly just because I'm really passionate, I feel like, about helping women. And I feel like it's a big part of the transformation on the planet right now. But is, to me, which I guess to give some context to, when I was on my awakening, and I still am, it's not like I'm ever complete. But when it really like took off, when I had quit my corporate job, I became a Reiki master teacher. I was like a little sponge when I quit my job. So I was like signing up for as a personal trainer, I was signing up as a nutrition coach. I was signing up to do my Reiki. I spent like 2 years just like soaking up personal development and like new modalities and and things because it was my first real exposure to entrepreneurship and so I was kind of bootstrapping it, you know, doing a lot of sessions, just kind of getting my feet wet and it kind of just transformed when we decided to travel for full time, my husband and I. So I kind of started this whole business thing and we decided to travel. And I remember first off being totally confused at the time and kind of delusional too. I was like, cool, I could become an online millionaire and we'll just be driving around and staying at Airbnbs. That's cool. And I didn't really realize the level of like work <laughs> that had to go into building an online business and brand. So it took a little longer than I thought. And I remember too, my husband said, we, we didn't have room for my massage table and I cried and I thought, well, what if I need someone on the road and they want a session? What am I going to do? So it was this whole transitional kind of weird time where I certainly wasn't making much money. Um, but I definitely had my heart in it.
0: And I realized
1: though through that process that you have to actually, if you want to build a business, you got to treat it like a business. So as I established my business, And it was still more in like the healing, personal development, leadership kind of stuff, spiritual stuff. Um, I just found that there were so many women at that time. This was like five years ago where they just, it was the same thing all the time. How did you quit your job and build this business? How did you do this? And so I kind of fell into business coaching. I mean, I had a leadership and business background in corporate, but it wasn't really what I was trying to build a business around. Yeah. But through the process, I really realized that I'm really good at business um, in terms of the, the energetics, you know, going into like what what's actually there for people. You know, why are they sabotaging themselves? What What's actually going on? It, it really sparked for me as a personal trainer, if any, out of anything, because I had all these women coming in and they wanted to lose 10 pounds or this and that. And, you know, everyone else is just prescribing, telling them to do hit cardio. And I was like, look, Susie just wants to have confident sex with her husband and go to the beach to Mexico and feel good in a bikini. She doesn't need that. you know. And I, so I realized like the coaching piece and that most people what, what they want versus what they need, it's like usually two different things. So I got really passionate about like the mindset and what's under the surface and taking kind of my spiritual background into the leadership side of things. Of who is someone becoming? And then the business has always just come really natural plus I guess just the many launches, the many flops, the many failed forwards, the many, you know, tens, well over this uh, about quarter million dollars at this point, you know, joining programs, like just immersing myself all in on it. Now I just feel it's just a very natural state of being for me to help people plan like the actual, Linear stuff that needs to happen in a business as well. So, I guess that's where my work has really evolved and comes into at this point is mm-hmm. what's the person behind the business and how are they going to feel successful and not burnt out? And then what actually needs to happen in order to get their work out? Because I still love all the spiritual stuff, but I feel like I'm much better at just infusing it as opposed to kind of identifying as, say, a healer or someone at this point, because I feel like at this crazy time on earth that we're in. I'd rather see, you know, thousands of the light workers and the newer visionaries and people be supported to like get their stuff out there than little me just trying to like do it by myself. So that's kind of like I guess where like the mission and the focus went to and I'll stop there, but I can speak to the money piece after as well. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um well so yeah let's go to the money piece. Yeah. Now. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, so I mean on the money side of things, my perception zooming out into like a true, like new earth reality when like the dominant timeline experience really is this 5d frequency. I I do feel like the actual tangible money exchange will become obsolete. Like it will be transitioned out at some point because it'll be what it's always meant to be of just exchanging energy services amongst each other, you know, of everybody in their gifts and their magic, we're not quite there yet. And so I feel like no matter how we spin it, we're still engaged with this matrix transitional time that we're in. And so I feel like stepping into more of like a 5D approach to this is looking at, you know, our own willingness to receive and how can we do good with it? Because whether we're trading just services or there's this little fake money stuff that we play with and like either way to me the energetic can be the same and if we're in resistance in this timeline construct to like having tangible money in our bank account I feel like we're still actually playing more so like that 3d human enslavement suffering timeline than we are the 5d and so I think sometimes there's this program that's running that like it's not actually spiritual and you're not ascending if you want to have more money, but I actually feel like it's a part of the process. So long as we're actually in service, so long as we're coming from our heart and in this time, if we want to create communities, if we want to actually change the things that governments aren't changing, I mean, they want the opposite. So it's like, if we actually want to stop homelessness and this and that, it's like, you know, I think it takes a lot of really good people with good intentions, raising their frequency to work with this currency um system that we have in order to help make that happen and i think it will be transitioned out at some point during the process as well
0: okay well i know for some people they're going to be really happy to hear that because they (laughs) they just really don't understand our system at all our current system but yeah it's
1: like it's playful you know it's like how can we just play with it like it's all it's all corrupt it's all legal anyways in terms of money you know and like the printing that happens and these things like it's it's just to me it's like this laughable sham of a joke where whether we want to call them the elites or the parasites but the the controlling entities that have had such a big role in this enslavement of humanity and keeping people asleep i feel like they're getting really desperate right now like trying to grapple at control and so it's like if we we don't need to resist it but it's like how can we just kind of like laugh it off play with it not get too sucked in and take it so serious and actually just be the infinite creators that we are and and use this as just a tool it's like it's a tool that we can use right now even if it's not a relevant tool however long in the future from now. I love that
0: and I completely agree. And so I just yeah, everything that you're saying I fully resonate with. And so in our last little bit of time together, what would you what 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 are you being called to share with
1: the audience? You know, what I'll what I'll share is maybe just a couple of my favorite mottos that really helped me get through sometimes the craziness one of them I have it on my wall I printed out and it's "Hold the vision not the circumstance because I feel like right now we're still in the thick of it there's still craziness and while there is disclosure and a mass awakening happening it's still messy out there Um, and so I feel like on both a personal level but also a community level a collective level it's never been a better time to hold our vision and get clear on like, what is our vision for the new earth? What is our vision for ourselves and our families and be able to hold it, you know, like actually, whether that's reading it every day, but connecting to it. This could be visualizing, journaling, whatever, but like holding it close to us. So when things are crazy, we can come back into it. And if we feel like it isn't possible, and we can't have it like that's, I feel like where the most important inner work is right now, because if we can't connect to it, and we can't feel it. How are we moving on to like that timeline for ourselves and for the collective? So I feel like it can kind of help illuminate us and keep us accountable to like what inner work needs to happen. You know, what healing, shifting, alchemizing can we do in order to keep stepping into that highest timeline? I know for me personally, it's not a walk in The park and even this year i mean there's been moments where things felt really hard and it was like hard to connect and if i didn't intentionally do it i can see how people can just get sucked up um, you know back into the matrix you know and go against what they actually desire for themselves so i feel like it's like a daily practice and like protocol to really connect into the vision and to remember this is one of my other mottos that we can make magic in the mess And things can be really messy, you know, whether we're talking business, if we're talking life, we're talking in the world, there's still so much magic that's happening. And so even if, you know, mainstream media, and people, things make us feel like sometimes things aren't happening, or it feels really messy. I feel like there's so much evidence out there of really great things happening, and awakenings happening. And I always bring myself back to an experience I had where I was at this leadership event in, it was about five years ago in Australia and it was, it was rough. Like it was really good but it was rough because this was an event that did everything from like somatic deep healing from childhood to, I had to go and rap I like big butts to people on the streets of Brisbane to like everything in between. And so I was getting like ripped apart And having to do all these crazy things over this five day event and two days of the event, we had this stretch and there was about a hundred leaders that were there and we had 48 hours. And by the time really it started, it was like more like 36 to create $30,000 for charity as a group. So we had to like fund the charity, we had to come up with $30,000 to go to this charity while from like 8 AM to midnight, we're in these like crazy workshops. So there was minimal time for this to happen. But somehow in between all of it, we exceeded and we raised $38,000 for child trafficking in this little span of time while I was completely like ripped apart as a broken person getting rebuilt again. And so anytime I like tell myself like, no, like, you know, this is impossible. This can't happen. I think, well, you know, we really did make magic in the mess when that was going on. And so I feel like for anyone listening to this, maybe you didn't have that exact experience, but I guarantee everybody has an experience where things felt really bleak. Things felt really hard, but still something really magical happened during that. That was like direct evidence of the vision Mm -hmm. and what you know to be true and what you know to be possible. And I feel like we have to use our discernment and our, our own inner strength and authority to intentionally connect back into those things so that we can keep going and persevering through all of this. This is where I feel like we are architects. We are pioneers of our own reality and the collective reality as well. Like it's not, this is not really the time to coast. Like it is the time to self nourish and take care of ourselves. But I feel like for a lot of us right now, it's about really being intentional at the same time.
0: Yeah, beautiful. So please share where people can find you and um, socials, website,
1: all of that good stuff. Yeah, thank you so much, Lisa. I, I'm around online for sure. So website-wise, and this is where everyone can find all of the links and all of the things, is soulmeetstrategy.com. Um, and in terms of social media, where do I hang out the most? I'm here on Facebook, Jennifer Madden, and I'm on Instagram a lot as well, which is my brand, Meat Strategy.
0: Okay, well, it has been such a pleasure to have you on. And I'm sure the audience has really enjoyed this, like I have. Mm-hmm. And thank you. And for those of you watching or listening, thank you so much. And I'll see you next time on Connection to the Cosmos. Aloha. Thank you.